Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Streak for the Pod. We got a fun episode for you guys today. We're going to have a little game called Fact or Fiction for the NBA. And I'm joined by Tamim and Abhijit to talk about some NBA today. How's it going, guys? Oh, what's up, Tamim? Abhijit, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up? What's up? So, as I was about to say, you guys can find us on Instagram at Streak for the Pod. And if you guys are listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and a review. We'd love your feedback so we can make the podcast better for you guys. So let's first jump into some news, guys. Uh, so right before the All-Star break, Dell Demps was fired as the general manager of the Pelicans. So uh, what do you guys think about it? What's your reaction when you heard about the firing? Yeah, so... At first, I don't, I don't really think uh, much of it because I think that a lot of the, the news and the media have been that was surrounding the Anthony Davis trade, suggesting that he handled it uh, horribly, especially when Anthony Davis got injured or he hurt his shoulder um, during, that, during that game before the All-Star game. Um, and then he, without telling anyone, just left the arena to get an MRI. Um, apparently, the management uh, with the Pelicans were really upset about that. So the whole Anthony Davis situation, um, I think, caused him to get fired. But I don't necessarily think it was the right decision. Um, he's not a he's not terrible GM. Uh, I think people are looking for someone to kind of kind of point out uh, flaws in the Pelicans, and it just happened to be him. Um, kind of a fall guy, right? Literally. Yeah, kind of a fall guy. I mean, he 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 was okay. He wasn't a a great GM, but I mean, I feel like if they're looking for change in the organization, they might as well do it now and not prolong it till the end of the season. So, sure, Tamim, what about your reaction? So, I think the first thing to understand here is that Anthony Davis isn't actually injured. He's at, he's healthy now. He's he actually played in the All Star game, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago um, with respect to how the Pelicans probably got their best offer from the Lakers and that I don't think we'll get another offer next year. I think the people who make decisions for the Pelicans understood this. And I think the firing of Demps has to do with that fact, the fact that they didn't pull the trigger and make a deal. Um, taking on risk, playing Anthony Davis didn't obviously didn't support Demps's cause. And I think that the bigger, the bigger thing here is the fact that, the Pelicans are going to be in a worse position next year, um, having not made the Lakers trade. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, do you think they messed up on not taking the Lakers offer, RBG? Do you agree with Tampa? Uh, it's it's hard to say if they if they really messed up because yeah, I I hate judging things by the outcome, but it, it was the right decision to wait to see what Boston has to offer, um, and then go from there because I, I, like I said before, I don't think the Lakers will change their offer at the end of the year. Um, it's just, they might not get him till 2020. So I, I don't think they really messed up. Uh, I just, I just yeah. think you're taking on a bunch of risk. I think Boston has a, at least I would say a 20% chance of losing Kyrie Irving. And I think that alone discounts the way that you value Anthony Davis on your team because he's not going to, Boston's not going to be able to introduce a trade package for him without Kyrie Irving playing. Um, and the other thing is, Anthony Davis is already unsure about if he wants to play for Boston. So if Kyrie Irving is uncertain about his future there, I think that'll 
even bring I think I'll bring the chances of him going to Boston down even more. And I think th- that alone will cheapen the value in the market for Anthony Davis and make it so the Lakers can probably bring out one of the players they had to offer um, a couple weeks ago. I think if they were to just, I, I think if they just, for example, if they just keep Kuzma, the Lakers just keep Kuzma, that's a huge win for them. Do you think that they'll, the Pelicans being they, uh, do you think that they'll go the, the Spurs route and not trade Anthony Davis to a, a Western Conference team? I mean, I don't see I any think, need for that, though, right? Because like, I think the it's difference, not like they're contending with anyone. They're not competing right now in the West. Yeah, with I was going to say that as well. I think the difference with, is Spurs are they're a Western Conference contender. Well, I, like at least having Popovich, having Popovich, he probably has a couple more years left in his coaching career. I think that makes them a contender or a team that is in win now mode. Like you look at their their roster right now, they don't really have you know crazy star talent, but they're still relevant in the West because of the system they play in. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. They they get assists. They move the ball around. No one really, no one's really dominating the ball, and they they switch and they play great defense. So that makes them relevant in the West. I think with the Pelicans, being that the market and the players they attract aren't um, spectacular, and they're not going to attract any superstars in the coming years, and it really makes no sense for them to want to wait and just go with the Spurs route, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans, you can kind of see that they're in a different mode right now because they even they traded Miritich. Uh, Randall was also up for trade, uh, according to like you know a lot of rumors flying around. Um, they're going to lose their best player. So, you know, all that stuff kind of points to one thing, which is the Pelicans are kind of looking at a reset as an organization. And I think that's the main reason Dell Downs was fired because he's been the GM since about 2010, I believe. So that means that... Uh, technically, he's seen two superstars leave the franchise, and Chris Paul, and then now Anthony Davis is about to leave. So um, that's kind of I think they just wanted to reset as an organization. Um, I think a lot of people also say about the Pelicans they don't have the most savvy basketball minds uh, at the top, like meaning ownership and stuff. Because I think one of the people who has a major say in what happens is Mickey Loomis, who's also the Saints general manager, I believe, uh, the New Orleans Saints of the uh, NFL. So. I, I don't know if they, they had the best NBA decision makers, so to speak. So, you know, it, but it is what it is with the Pelicans. Um, I, I think having day. a great, I think having a great NBA decision maker in your front office helps with smaller pickups, like your wings and some of like the guys that are your spot up shooters, your defenders. But in terms of just bringing in superstars and bringing in talent, I, I think that has more to do with location and relevancy in the NBA. No, that's so true. I wouldn't, that's true for sure. I wouldn't necessarily put that on Demps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was saying more of the the whole Dems firing and where they're going as an organization. It's going to be mm-hmm. shaped by those guys at the top. Uh, but speaking mm-hmm. of the Celtics, by the way, since you guys brought them up, uh, Anthony Davis in his All Star press conference did uh, say that the Celtics um, are on his list, or he didn't exactly say they are on his list, but he said that he refused to say that they're not on his list. So it's kind of like a weird like mind game thing. So no one really knows now if he's you know where he's leaning, but I guess they're. They are a possibility for him. Uh, anyways, so with that yeah, news, um, I wanted to jump good. to. Oh yeah, sorry, Tim. Quick thought. What are you saying, man? So I, I think I think that him saying that they're not not a possibility that makes that makes it like I think that really um, validates Demps being fired. Just because if 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 he's like a, a maybe on on Boston, that like reduces his value and chance of going to Boston by enough. To which, like, the market cheapens him and, you know, Lakers can get one player off that they offered. 
So I think that, you know, just him saying that Boston's not on his list, that that has a huge impact on his value, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of where he'll be traded to. On his list. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's also like, it doesn't really matter, right? Because uh, there could be the route where the Celtics trade for him and try to convince him to stay. But, you know, there's a lot of variables going into it. I think we discussed it a lot in previous shows as well, and we'll discuss it a lot in the future. So we won't, won't spend too much more time on it. Uh, I wanted to jump to the quick question that we have today. So uh, for the Western Conference uh, playoffs, the quick question is, right now, if you had to uh, make a pick, would you pick the Rockets? or anyone else to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, just the way the standings are looking and, and stuff. And uh, just for reference, um, the odds to make it out of the West uh, from all the non-Warriors teams, so uh, not to make the Western Conference Finals, but to make the NBA Finals uh, in order, are the Rockets, then the Nuggets, then the Thunder, then the Lakers. So Rockets uh, are the second most favored team to make the NBA Finals after the Warriors. So would you rather, do you think the Rockets or anyone else in the Western Conference will end up playing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals? OBG, you start, man. What do you think? I'm taking the Rockets. Um, they're going to get back Chris, uh, sorry, Clint Capella. Um, they're going to they're gonna hit their groove. It's hard for me to see um, any other team beating them in a game, uh, in, in a seven-game series. Aside from the Thunder, the Thunder gave me a little bit of trouble. I think the Nuggets are a little bit too inexperienced. Lakers, I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs. So um, I'd give the Rockets a slight edge over the Thunder once they get Clint Capella back because he's such a vital part of, of allowing James Harden to be who James Harden is. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with ABG on that. I think what you're seeing in the, the recent struggles with the Rockets, it has a lot to do with rebounding and missing Clint Capella. A lot of what the Rockets do, switching, they, you know, they give up mismatches and – the guy underneath the rim that's trying to get the rebounds is Kenneth Freed, who's an undersized center for them. And so the way they play defense already puts them at a disadvantage in terms of rebounding. And I think Clint Compella makes makes up for that so much. And just him not being there really shows that. If you watch uh, the Nuggets game, the one they lost to, the rebounding was you – know, there's a huge rebounding differential. I just don't remember the exact number. But I think just having him back will make them a lot more um, consistent for the rest of the season. I think it'll it'll give them the opportunity to, to defend players like Nurkic um, on the Nuggets, and it will it will give them the opportunity Jokic. to rebound. Yeah, sorry, Jokic um, on the Nuggets, and then with respect to the Thunder, just the fact that they're a great rebound team, they're a long team. Clint Capella makes up for so much of the Rockets' deficiencies when it comes to that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Capella gives them a big help there. Um... So I did want to pull up the rebounding man. Sorry, OBG, uh, respond to what Tamim said, though, man. What do you think about uh, their whole, like, rebounding disadvantage and defensive disadvantage with Capella out? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've seen a lot of games where, or just the outcomes of games where the Rockets will win, but they're just being uh, out-rebounded on the offense. The other team has more offensive rebounds than they do. And yeah. so, like, when, they, when they're playing the Thunder... You know, when you have a guy like Steven Adams just, like, eating stuff up uh, with really no uh, no competition down there, it's just hard for a team like the Rockets who are already, already playing at a disadvantage on defense to give up second chances. So I, I do agree with him in, in that sense that Capella is a, is a huge uh, huge plus. Plus, he's also a great rim protector. Uh, Farid, Farid is great, but he's not, he's not Capella. I think he so. just diversifies the way the Rockets can play defense, especially in the playoffs. 
Um, he gives them more options. Your big can sit back and he doesn't have to switch out. And I think um, the, I think the Rockets, contrary to popular belief, they're going to be a better team in the playoffs than they are than they were last year. And I think that because I think they're going to be a deeper team than they were last year. So they're going to get Chris Paul back. They have James Harden. They have um, Eric Gordon. But they also have Austin Rivers. And I think just having an extra playmaker, if that means well, if that means Harden has the ball, Harden or Chris Paul has the ball in their hands maybe five less times a game in the playoffs, that is that can be huge, especially in the fourth quarter when we've seen historically how Harden gets generally gets pretty tired in the playoffs. Um, just because of how you know, how long playoff series are, how serious people play defense. And that really wears on Harden in the playoffs. I think having Austin Rivers, having Gordon, and having Chris Ball, if those guys are all healthy, it'll make it so Harden can be more fresh, especially in closing minutes and closeout games. Yeah. Uh, I think it really Yeah, hurt sure, the I just Rockets. want to speak a little bit to the rebounding oh, wow. uh, that you guys were talking about. So for the Nuggets game specifically, uh, the offensive rebounds, actually the Rockets had 11 to the Nuggets 10. Uh, defensive rebounds, though, the Nuggets out-rebounded the Rockets by seven. Um, so that was uh, kind of a big thing in the game. And then also, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Rockets are uh, second to last in the NBA in defensive rebounding percentage. So that's um, that's a area that really missed Capella. And also, their overall defense has not been the same this year. After being ranked seventh last year, I think they're almost at the bottom of the league this year in uh, defensive efficiency. Yeah, Abhijit, yeah. you were saying, man? Oh, I was I was saying that uh, yeah to Hammond's point that last year uh, they aren't as deep as this year. I think last year we forget that they didn't have Luke Mbamute. I mean, he was there, but he wasn't really contributing at all. So I think that the addition of Austin Rivers, you'll you'll have more contribution. Plus, you'll have uh, some defense. And and I think well, they're they're still in the buyout market. You know, I don't know who they'll add. Uh, Jr. Smith's still available. So I think just having another wing guy and having a 10-man rotation, that's something the Rockets have never played with in the playoffs. I think last year, game six and game seven against the Warriors, they were seven, they were only playing with seven guys. And I don't you, you can't beat a team like the Warriors, or you can't beat a lot of these top West conference teams with only seven men in your rotation. So I think Dan Hill needs this, he needs to evenly distribute the minutes more, especially in the playoffs, just to keep guys more fresh. Because when you don't do that, you have you have games where well, the Warriors miss like are the Rockets missed like thirty straight threes against the Warriors last year. And I think that has a lot to do with fatigue. Sure, uh, I I kind of wanted to loop back to the question though, uh, in the sense that what do you guys think about um, well this well, right now if you look at the standings right the Warriors are the first seed that the they're, the Nuggets are two games behind Thunder are four games behind first place, uh, the Rockets are four games behind the Thunder for third place and they're down at fifth. So, you know, we are seeing a possible scenario where the Rockets will play the Warriors in the second round of the playoffs, right? So, no, yeah, that'll be hard. And that, and that obviously means that they won't play them in the finals. And it would be, uh, you know, most probably one of the Nuggets or the Thunder. So I did kind of want to talk about, um, you know, between the Nuggets and the Thunder, um, we'll discount the Lakers for a second uh, because we've talked a lot, about, talked a lot about, the, about them on previous uh, episodes. But I do want to talk about the Nuggets and the Thunder and get your thoughts on both of those teams and whether you think, um, you know, they really have a chance against the Warriors the way that everyone, the way that you guys and everyone thinks that the Rockets do. Do you think those teams have a chance at all, the Nuggets and the Thunder? I think so. I actually, I like the Thunder a lot. I think they're a lot better team than they were last year. Um, so one of the things, when Westbrook would leave the court last year, their offense would stagnate. This year you have a guy like Dennis Schroeder who just gives them another playmaker. So they now have three, make, three playmakers on the team. 
I think they're a long team and they have they have added some three point shooters. Um, so I think they're a better team than they were last year. I don't know if they can beat the Warriors, but I think just having that length and having that uh, versatility on defense will give them the opportunity to defend the Warriors. I don't think they can beat them in a seven game series. I think the Nuggets might have a better chance. Um, and I say that because the Nuggets have something that the Warriors might have some trouble defending, and that's Jokic. Um, I, I think that because the Nuggets do a great job of just spacing the floor and allowing Jokic to make plays against smaller guards when, they're, when he switched out. And I saw that against the Warriors. I think Jokic can um, – I think he could out-rebound Draymond Green if the Warriors choose to go small. And I think Isaiah Thomas will give him a burst off the bench um, so long as no, Jokic isn't on the court. Yeah, I don't know. I think Isaiah Thomas won't have a big impact for the Nuggets. Uh, they have this guy named Monte Morris on their team who's been kind of a rebel. Oh, yeah, he's nice. Yeah, Monte Morris yeah. has been great this season. I think Isaiah Thomas shouldn't get many minutes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I think both the Nuggets and Thunder are very legitimate teams. Um, I actually think the Thunder are the second-best team in the West right now. You know, I know I said, like, before I said, you know, it's really the Rockets and Warriors, but uh, I, I want to back off that a little bit because I think the Thunder right, is right, playing some excellent Right now or in, the, or in the future, you think they're going to be the best uh, I think right yeah, now Rockets going healthy. into the future, I think uh, Rockets healthy. That's true. Um, I think it's close, but I just I really like the way the Thunder are playing, especially defensively. I think they have a really good balance of defense and offense on their team. But yeah, I guess with yeah, the Capella I mean, coming back, I, I, I wouldn't I, quite make a bold proclamation that the Thunder are better than the Rockets with Capella back. But I do think it's close. I think it's very close. Yeah, I wonder about Westbrook's production this year. He's shooting. He has one of his worst three-point shooting years this year. Yeah, but um, George is probably having the best. Yeah, but that's playing so, so well. Yeah, we're playing well. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't know yeah. if your offense is inconsistent. I don't know if you can beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. You can't have you can't have spurts of offense when you play the Warriors. It needs to be consistency. Yeah, I don't think they can beat the right, Warriors. Right. But um, in the in a Rockets and Thunder seven-game series, uh, it could go either way for me. Yeah, I think even to beat the Rockets, you need a you need spurts. You need you need consistency. I don't know what the what's the record Thunder playing the Rockets. I think we're the Rockets are up two one, I believe. Uh, in the regular season. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up as well. It is uh it is two one Rockets with the Thunder have uh, yeah. Thunder won the most re- oh sorry, no, it's two one Thunder, uh, actually. In yeah, the oh it's two one came from behind that one time. Like, yeah, yeah and I think them coming from behind, I think that had a lot to do with fatigue. I don't know if who were missing that game. But I know one of the games that we beat them, Chris Paul wasn't playing. So yeah, the only game you guys beat them uh, was on Christmas Day with no one else other than James Harden uh, leading the way. Yeah, I, and I think I just was also so I, you know anything can happen. I think if you're healthy, I think that if both teams are healthy, Rockets are just a better team than the Thunder. Yeah, April 9th uh, is going to be the final meeting between the two teams, and that'll be a great one. Uh, what what would you say about a Thunder Rockets seven game series, RPG? Uh, with Capella back, I'd say I'd say Rockets win in six. Wow, and six? How? How? Why do you yeah, say six and I'll not even six. seven? Huh? Why do you say six and not even seven? I think, I think once, uh, once they get a few or a lot of, not a few, but like maybe like twenty or so games under their belt with Capella, I think their offense, like James Harden, is already operating at some crazy level. Uh, once you add Capella back in. Sure, he's going to score less, but he's going to be way more efficient. And I think that boost in efficiency is just going to make them a, a way better offensive team than they are now. So 
And I don't see the Thunder competing with them offensively. Sure. So yeah, I think, I think, six I think games just to, is fair. to piggyback off of Abaji, one of the things you're seeing with the Rockets is James Harden shooting in his 30-point streak. He's shooting a lot of floaters, actually. And he's doing that because teams are sort of sagging off and playing in between the center and James Harden when he when he turns the corner on pick and rolls. And that's usually that's like a lob for Capella. So he doesn't have an option right now. He doesn't have, you know, Farid and Nade. They don't play above the rim as much. So just having Capella back makes their offense even more consistent. As So we talk about their defense. I think he makes their offense a lot more consistent as well and just more efficient. Sure, sure. No, I mean, those are all fair points. Um, you know, if, if, if everything's in a vacuum, uh, I think I would also take – oh, actually, I don't know. Um, I think right as of right now, it's it's close between the Rockets and the Thunder for me. I would I, I can't really make up my mind on that. Um, I, guess I would I'm, say Rockets. I would say Rockets and five actually. Wow. Okay. Well, Ooh, now five, now five it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I think okay. I think it'll be five, but games will be close. It'll be it'll be a close series. Okay, so it'll be a lot like the series where Russell Westbrook won MVP that year, uh, 2016? I yeah, say, it, was, it, was, it was close. Like, games were coming out of the wire. Yeah. But I just think that James Harden, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, and then, you know, all these wing guys the Rockets have, they're just such – they're consistent players. Or they're players that will give you consistent production, and you know what you're going to get from them. With the Thunder, you have guys like Jeremy Grant who – you know, he might make it three. He might not make it three. Um, yeah, Paul George, who's consistent. You have Russell Westbrook, who's inconsistent. And so I think if you were to just play that out, you'd have games where the Thunder just have bad shooting nights and they can't keep up the, the Rockets, assuming that the Rockets' defense improves with Quentin Capello coming back. Sure, that's fair. I think if the Rockets' defense improves, then they are uh, they would beat the Thunder in a seven-game series. I don't know about five <laughs> games, but I guess we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things in, in a vacuum, uh, you know, that's kind of how we see it. But uh, if the Rockets do play the Warriors in a uh, in a second round series, and the Thunder play the Nuggets in a second round series, then uh, which team out of the Nuggets and the Thunder do you see winning in a seven game series? Say that again. Sorry. Uh, so if the Nuggets and the, and the Thunder play in a seven game series, who would you take? Uh, um... Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a challenging game for both for uh, for anyone to predict. I think I would have to honestly go with the Thunder. I think what the Nuggets do best is they play in the post. I think the Thunder are such a long and lengthy team that they'll be able to take that away. They'll be able to put pressure on Nurk- on uh, uh, Jokic and be able to get out onto, onto shooters just because they're so they space the floor so well. Uh, they you know they're able to defend space on the court so well. So I think I take the Thunder. They take away what the Nuggets do well, and I think they have enough offensive power to take advantage of the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets are winning the season series 2-0 so far, um, just FYI. But yeah, I would take the Thunder in that as well. What do you think, Abhijit, Thunder or Nuggets in a seven-game series? Uh, the team, the, the Thunder has definitely changed from, from how they were last year, but I saw last year how the Jazz were able to beat the Thunder. Um, with like dynamic point guard play and as well as great wings. And I think, you know, I think the Nuggets have that, plus they have Jokic. So it would be, I, I personally, I prefer that, I, I prefer the Thunder. Like I think that the Thunder would win, but it's not inconceivable to me that the, the Nuggets would 
would take the series. Sure. Um, yeah, I agree. It's sort of like a, you know, surprise. Yeah. I actually think the yeah. Nuggets are pretty similar to the Jazz in terms of the way they move the ball, the way they space the floor. Yeah, Michael Malone has. Yeah. I just think that I just think the the forte that the the Jazz has it was playing on perimeter and being dynamic and just like moving guys around, setting setting picks, setting pin downs. But you know the Nuggets, they're they're more of an inside team. I think the Thunder are better at defending that than they are at um, defending the perimeter. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, cool. Uh, glad to talk about that. Quick question. Um, yeah, the Western Conference playoff race is really interesting. Uh, I think the seeding will go a long way in determining who wins. I, I think it would be really a travesty to see the Rockets and Warriors play in the second round, though. Um, I would much rather see like a Nuggets. Uh, a Nuggets Warriors second round series and a Thunder Rockets second second round series that would just be more entertaining in my opinion. But you know that's neither right. here nor there. So we're gonna jump into a little fact or fiction. So a little game. You know, do you think this is fact? Do you think it's fiction? And why do you think so? So the first uh, question that I pose to both of you are: the Brooklyn Nets will be competitive, so they'll take the series to six or seven games. Or the win the series in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. So just to give a little context, uh, the Nets are currently sixth in the standings. The Pacers are third. So if the play, so if they ended, if the season ended today, the Nets and Pacers would be the first round series. But more than likely, uh, the Pacers will slide down um, be- behind the Celtics and the 76ers. So the Nets will more than likely be playing one of Boston or Philadelphia in the first round. So, do you guys think the Nets will be competitive or win a first-round series against either Boston or Philadelphia? OBG, fact or fiction? Okay, uh, break this. Down. I'll break this down into. So they will. I don't think they'll win in the first round. Um, will they be competitive? Okay, so that depends on if they if they um, pick up the Pacers or some combination of Boston or Philly. Yeah, let's assume that they don't get the Pacers. I think the Pacers were they're only right. a game ahead of Boston and Philadelphia. So I think they'll they'll fall down uh to the fifth seed. Um so it'll be the Nets against either the 76ers or the Celtics. So against those two teams, you think they can take a series to six or seven games? Six is a stretch, I think, um uh, against Boston or Philly. Um yeah. I don't. I don't think that they'll take them to six or seven. Boston and Philly is just too good. Uh, I, I can't see the Nets having enough firepower to beat a, that team, especially now Philly has Tobias Harris. So, yeah. Sure, uh, Tam. And what do you think? I know you're a huge uh, Nets fan and a Kenny Atkinson fan. So, do you think that yeah. they'll uh, be competitive think, against either of the teams? I think they'll definitely be competitive. I think when they get Dinwiddie back. They the way they play and how dynamic it is, it'll be able. If you look at some of the teams they played this year, they're competitive against the best teams. So there's not a team that where, where they played and it's like you, these guys can't beat them. So they've been competitive against Boston. They've been competitive against Philly. Um, they've been competitive against some of the good teams on the on the West as well. I think they beat the Rockets earlier this year. So they can beat anyone. Um, just to, just because of how dynamic they play, and it just comes down to. They shoot a lot of threes, and if they have a hot shooting night, a couple hot shooting nights, they can steal a couple games. Um, I think with Dinwiddie coming back, they could probably win a series against uh, Indiana. I don't know about Boston. I think they could probably beat Philly as well, or they have a chance of beating Philly. And I say that because they – so one of the things that the Brooklyn does, they play a zone, 
I think if you play a zone against Philly, that really plays into your advantage just because of how um, – because Philly plays with Embiid and um, Simmons, well, two non-shooters. Shooters. They can yeah, they have great shooters. But the, the, the Nets really spread their zone out. And I think just having two non-shooters on your roster and two non-shooters that play a heavy minutes, I think Kenny Atkinson can probably set that zone up where it'll be able to defend Philly and they can probably steal a couple of games and end up winning that series. Yeah. It'd be um, a, it'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be a crazy pick. It'd be crazy to see happen. But I think, the, so just looking at his, like the historically what they've done this year, they, like, they've been competitive against every team they played. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely been competitive, Sam. Um, I, I think that, but I think the regular season and playoffs is like two very different uh, beasts. So personally, I'm gonna have to side with OBG here and kind of leave you on an island. Um, I think okay against Philadelphia, I can see no, I just, it being one of those situations. Uh, against, against Philly, they're two and one this year. The, the game they lost, they lost by two points. And yeah, no, so I think that um, I think that against Philadelphia, they can definitely take it to six games. Uh, I don't see them taking it any farther than that. Against the Celtics, uh, they're zero and two against the Celtics when they have Kyrie Irving playing. So I think against the Celtics, it'll be a five-game series. But Philadelphia, yeah. I can see them taking it to six. The Celtics are a good team. But I think if, the, if you play against a team that has fundamental issues like the 76ers, in my opinion, you can end up winning that series. And just, just because of how Brooklyn plays, their offense is going to score just off of a scheme. And defensively, I think they'll be able to get creative enough to stop some of the Philadelphia. I think they'll be able to play similar to what it, the way that Boston played them last year defensively and just take away some of their deficiencies it'll be a tough series for them but i think if they get hot a couple shooting nights and they they shoot a lot of threes if joe harris goes hot um they can probably win it they if it didn't when he plays a, plays a great game off the bench d is playing like an all-star he they have an all-star man <laughs> yeah so he, yeah, he's, he's playing like an all-star he's an all-star so he deserves that and he's playing he's playing even better since then what he has, has gone so i think if you can keep that up it'll be great for them yeah, he's been the leading scorer for the Nets in like the past six games or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, um, he's, he's carrying that team. Yeah, so I'm going to jump to our next topic. So, fact or fiction. This is pretty simple. The Los Angeles Lakers will miss the playoffs. LeBron has made the playoffs in 13 consecutive years. So, fact or fiction, they'll miss the playoffs. Tamim, you start. Right. Uh, I think that's fiction. <laughs> um, yeah, once LeBron comes back, I don't see the Lakers missed in the playoffs so long as they figure out their, their, uh, their system and they, they figure out that they want to play with Rondo and, and James Harden and they stop switching things around, stop switching lineups every game. And they just stick to one thing and, and go with it. Sure. Uh, OBG said fact. I overheard you right before Tam. Started talking, so, yeah. So why do you say that, man? Um, okay. Like, yeah, they started off, uh, great with LeBron, but they still haven't figured out, like you said, Tamim, uh, how to consistently play basketball. And if they haven't figured it out with, like, 50 games into the season, I don't see them um, getting their stuff together for the next 30 or so, especially if you look um, at, I think, their next, they have to win something about, like, the next 16 or the 25 or something like that. Um games or so to make the playoffs or it was something it was something around those numbers and then i I don't see them winning at that rate um yeah it's just it's tough for me to see them making the playoffs even though 538 has them at like seven at either seven or eight um but too many things have to go right for them and i don't think they're like fired on all cylinders so 
yeah. What was what was the record before LeBron got injured? Uh, they were that they up. were fourth in the they're fourth in the, the the West, right? Yeah, they were fourth in the West. Um, let's see with LeBron. Uh, well, I'd have to look that up later. Um, it's not coming up right away. But uh, they were fourth in the West without uh, with LeBron. But without LeBron, they fell all the way down. I think with LeBron, they were on like a I want to say like a six hundred or something like that, six fifty winning percentage. And without yeah. him, they were like four fifty or something like that, something around. I there. mean, I, I think they're they're a great team with LeBron. He makes up for so many of their deficiencies. That's so true. I, I think they'll make it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, um, you know, although, like Abhiji said, it's really hard for them to, um, or you can't see them winning um, that kind of stretch of games, uh, like 16 out of 25, like he was saying. You also have to look at the teams that they're competing with. They're competing with the Kings and the Clippers, and they're only three games off the Clippers. And I think the Clippers, you know, just traded their best player. The Kings, um, you know, I don't know if really about the Kings um, uh, sustaining a playoff push after the All-Star break. So I think the Lakers will squeak in to the eighth seed, but uh, I like that take, OBG. A little bold, man. You know, ending LeBron's <laughs> playoff streak. Um, there's another streak of LeBron's that might end, but we'll talk about that later in the podcast. Uh, so another factor fiction: the Milwaukee Bucks are the favorites to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. What do you think about that, OBG? Um. So yeah, going off. 538. 538 has them at 38% and the Raptors at 41% for making the finals. Um, but I have to disagree with that. I have to say that, you know, a lot of people think um, the Raptors are are gonna are gonna come out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, but the Bucks have a really solid team of, of you know competing with the Raptors or and and it depends on how the final the seedings go. So I guess. If the Bucks end up with the one seed, I think they'll play. I don't know who the eight seed is in the East, but that'll be much more of a, a relaxing uh, series, so to speak, than if the Raptors end up with the second seed. Um, and so I think they'll be they'll be more rested going in uh, to a possible second round matchup. Yeah, I mean, I would say both the first or second seeds kind of have an easy easy path in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I think that second round matchup. Um, yeah, is uh, could be, um, you know, it depends who the second round matchup is Celtics or 76ers, but I don't know. I can see it going either way for the Bucks and Raptors. Uh, what about you, Tam? Between the Bucks or the front runner in the East Conference, or would you take another team? Um, yeah, I would take another team. Uh, I think the Bucks, the Bucks are a great team. I just think Boston's better than them, and I think they, especially come playoffs, Boston's gonna be. They're set up the way the roster's set up, the way their system's set up. It'll be they'll be a better team than than uh, Milwaukee. I think with with uh, with Milwaukee, you have to consider what Atlanta was doing in the regular season a couple years ago when they had Budenholzer. Um, I think it's a similar situation to that. Granted, they do have Giannis. Um, I think just so much of their production has to do with the fact that it's regular season. I don't think you can get away with having. Giannis as your playmaking guard and then having no one else really in yeah. terms of someone that's going to create someone's going to create offense at a star level. Yeah, I think their like second sort of playmaker is Chris Middleton behind Giannis. So, yeah. and then after that it's like Malcolm Brogdon and stuff. So I mean, you know, while you know, I love the president Malcolm Brogdon. Um 
it, it that is kind of tough. You're really lacking uh, those kind of like guard playmakers. Uh, well, actually, okay, so I'm doing a disservice to Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe has been having a fantastic yeah, Eric season. Eric Bledsoe's fine. Um, He's having a great year, but it's regular season, and I think the coverages you're going to get in the, in, the, in the pick and roll with Bledsoe, it's going to be more tailored towards stopping him in the second unit. And okay, if you're well, not a superstar, if you're not a superstar guard, it's going to be hard to win. Even if it is the regular season, they're still dominating, though. Like, yeah, they're dominating. They're not, they're not like fifth seed and like, you know, kind of just messing around, but. They're kind of like kicking people's butts. So yeah, I, I put more I, stock in their regular season success. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, OBG would say they're, they're the favorites right now. Tamim doesn't think so. What uh, I would say, I don't think they're the favorites as well. Um, I, I think the 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 big reason that they've been ahead of Toronto is because Toronto, um, you know, right now they're tied in wins. By the way, um, with Toronto, I believe, uh, yeah, they're tied at forty three wins. Uh, but Toronto's two back in the loss column. But the thing with Toronto is they've had a lot of injuries this year. Uh, like, now they have Van Vliet out. Um, Leonard's been in and out. I think Kyle Lowry's had some back problems and has been missing a few games here and there. Um, yeah, and, and you give me those names, and they're just – those guys are, are better playmakers than whoever Milwaukee has. For exactly, their second year. yeah. Like, the, you know, the Bucks' number one player, um, you know – I, the Raptors' number one player, I think, is better in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, so I, yeah. I, I think the Raptors overall. Um, you know, I, I've said that they're the favorite. They're my favorite to win the East, and I'm gonna stick with that, saying that they're still gonna win the East. Um, are, are the Celtics your favorite to win the East, Tamman? Yeah, they're my favorite. Sure. So I like how we have a three different favorites, three different people. So best of luck. We'll see who wins. Um, so the next, I want to get to a little bit of the MVP talk. You know, because that race is heating up now. So. Uh, fact or fiction, Paul George is a serious threat to James Harden for MVP. Uh, Paul George, fun fact, has the highest net rating of any NBA player. The uh, Thunder are plus 11 with George on the court, and they're minus 11 with him off the court. So um, James Harden, uh, per, uh, for reference, by the way, is, uh, is a plus 4 um, net rating. Which... Yeah, I think, I think he definitely, I would say that's fact. He's a serious threat to James Harden. But that's if the Rockets don't end up, um, don't end the regular season being a better team than they were, they are right now. If the Rockets come back, if they climb back into like the third seed, for example, Harden's gonna win it without a doubt. I don't, I don't get how you can't, you don't give it to a guy who's averaging thirty six points a game, and he's he's the he's like the sole reason they're even relevant right now with all the injuries they've had. He's keeping them consistent. Uh, Capella hasn't been playing. Chris Paul is, hasn't been playing. Gordon's been out a couple games, and the one thing that's been consistent is just James Harden producing. And he's had his MVP moments. You go back to the game against they had they get, the game they had against the Warriors, where he I forgot how many points he dropped, but he he took that game into overtime and he single handedly beat them. So I think he I think he's more important to the Rockets' success this year than Paul George's to the Thunder. And I think just his statistical production is a lot higher than Paul George, and you have to give it to James Harden. Sure, but uh, if yeah, they right. if they stay if they stay where they are, and or for example they they go down to where they are in standings, I can see Paul George winning it. Sure. Uh, what do you think, Abhijit? What do you say about the race between Paul George and uh, James Harden? I'd say it's a fact, um, mostly because. You know everything Tam said. Plus, people have this tendency uh, called recency bias, and so Paul George is now 
recently coming into the picture. Um, and James Harden scoring 30 is kind of, it's not, it's not as new. Um, Paul George playing really, really well, really recently. Um, and if he continues that, I think, uh, and the Thunder have a better or equivalent record. I think, I think Paul George wins it just because of how people, how people vote. Um, even though I do think that James Harden should get it regardless. Um, I think Paul George will win it if, if things go as they're going yeah. right now. It's kind of a double-edged sword because once the once Capella comes back and once the Rockets have are healthy, James Harden's not going to score 36 points a game, but they're going to be a better team. And so you wonder if, say, he averages his average comes down to like 32 points a game, but they're a winning team and they they get to like third seed. Do you still give it to James Harden? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I'm in my eyes, I, man. I don't but know like, how you if don't you, give it if to James Harden. If you were to consider recent, go ahead. I'll talk after. If you were to consider like recency, if you were to consider like recency bias, then you know you can make a case why James Harden wouldn't win in that case, just because his production comes out and it's more about team basketball at that point. Yeah, sure they're winning, but Paul George is like, I assume he's gonna be, he's gonna keep up what he's doing in the past couple weeks to finish the year, and I think at that case, Paul George could easily win it. Yeah, I think he will win it if it happens, but James Harden should win it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, I was listening. I think Zach Lowe was talking about the isolation numbers um, in uh, in his podcast. And I think uh, Paul George is actually, uh, in terms of just isolation uh, offensive rating, I believe that uh, Paul George is like ahead of James Harden by like uh, 0.02 points per possession or something. It's like really Yeah, but if you, if you like – James Harden, he has the ball in his hands way more times. And he doesn't – I think there was, like, a stat in the middle, like, a couple of weeks ago where, like, his last, like, 120 points were unassisted on. So he's creating everything on his own. Yeah, and I think exactly. just, yeah. Doing, just doing all that will bring down his his uh, his isolation efficiency, like, by 0.2 points just because he's, he's doing it so much every single game and he gets tired. Yeah, um, I actually meant that stat as a uh, as a point for James Harden because he's he has yeah. such a high usage rate, but he's literally almost tied with Paul George uh, in terms of the isolation numbers. Yeah, and, and you know I just think it'd be a travesty to not give it to him. You know, uh, I think if you take James Harden away from this Rockets team, they're a lottery team, and they're and and they might be even worse than that because Chris Paul really uh, when he has played sporadically, I don't think he's had that great of a year this year. Uh, in my yeah, opinion. yeah. So, you know, it's really James Harden is the most valuable player. Um, and, and that's what I think. That's why I think he should win. Uh, so the next, uh, so the next uh, factor fiction one, this is our last one for today. Uh, LeBron James will finish outside the top five in MVP, MVP voting. Factor fiction. Uh, he hasn't finished outside the top five since 2005, um, which I believe was his rookie year. So right now the odds uh, for M- NBA MVP have LeBron James at the fifth, uh, fifth worst or fifth best odds. Sorry, right behind Steph Curry, um, and two spots behind Paul George. Uh, interestingly enough, Giannis Antetokounmpo is second in the odds, uh, right right behind James Harden. But yeah, what do you guys think about that? Uh, do you think he'll finish outside the top five? Yeah, I think it's it's Harden, Giannis, PG, Curry, and then LeBron. I agree with that. But I think he'll fin- he'll definitely finish in the top five, considering the fact that these next couple of games, just to finish the season off, LeBron's gonna have crazy performances in my estimation because he he needs to have those. They need to win. They need to win games. They need to win games at a high percentage. And LeBron 
needs to be playoff LeBron in these games. And so I think he'll he'll have crazy games. He'll have MVP moments. And that'll bring him up enough where he's top five. Yeah, how about you, Abiji? You think LeBron's going to finish in the top five, keep his streak going? Yeah, regardless of how he performs, unless it's, like, really poor, I think he'll he'll obviously get votes. Yeah, just off his it's name just, alone. Yeah, just on his name. Um, yeah, he, he'll just perform. If he performs, like, anywhere close to how he was in the in the beginning of the season, yeah, I can't see him finishing outside the top five. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see if they don't make the playoffs and, like, another player emerges to, uh, you know, really carry a team. Uh, like, Jokic starts going off or, like, having an unbelievable uh, end to the season. Or, for example, if, like, all of a sudden Kawhi or, like, someone comes out of nowhere and just starts playing like, super well and the Lakers kind of stagnate or play a little worse as a team, I can see him maybe getting edged out. But uh, I definitely think just off name, uh, name brand alone, he'll finish in the top five and then MVP voting. Yeah. I also think Jokic should be ahead of him. In- yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the right. what, what I gave wasn't any kind of voting or anything. It was just the odds yeah, yeah. on Bet365. Um, right, right. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like... Uh, yeah, you know, to see that in today, Jokic is ahead of him. Yeah, exactly. So I, he's also missed a ton of games through injury. So, you know, I'm assuming that he'll be healthy uh, the rest of the NBA season. So, you know, like Tamim said, uh, he'll go play off LeBron mode and more than likely will finish in the top five in the MVP. I agree. So, yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Instagram at streakforthepod. And if you guys are listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love the feedback in order to make the show better. And for our producer, Omkar Moge, I'm Ronak Modi. Uh, Tam Nabiji, you guys want to say bye to the listeners? Later. See you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. Talk to you guys next time. Take it easy.